Roya Rahmani became Afghanistan's first female ambassador to the United States on December 14, 2018. And as ambassador to the United States, she voices the hope that so many citizens of Afghanistan feel. She is one of many optimistic Afghans who see through the country's challenges and find opportunities, opportunities for a free and peaceful home. I'm optimistic because of the resilience of our people and their resolve for democracy, because they have, they have, they are choosing coexistence and harmony and democracy over violence and dictatorship. When Ambassador Rahmani was entering college in the early 1990s, her country was taken over by the Taliban and her world changed. Her family and many others were forced to leave their homes and women's rights were restricted. While the country works toward peace with the Taliban, she is grateful to the United States for their engagement and she is thankful that the women of Afghanistan are finding their voices again. I'm Andrew Kaufman and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Institute. What happens when you cross the 43rd president, late-night sketch comedy, and compelling conversation? The Strategist, a podcast born from the word strategery, which was coined by SNL and embraced by the George W. Bush administration. We highlight the American spirit of leadership and compassion through thought-provoking conversations. And we're reminded that the most effective leaders are the ones who laugh. We're joined today by Ambassador Roya Rahmani, who is the first female Afghan ambassador to the United States. Ambassador Rahmani, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We are also co-hosted today by Farhat Popal, who is our senior program manager in the Women's Initiative at the Bush Institute. Farhat, thank you for helping today. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be sitting with you all here today. And as an Afghan-American woman, I'm thrilled to see you in this post, Ambassador Rahmani. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, Ambassador Rahmani, we want to start going back in time a little bit at your to your childhood. You grew up, Afghanistan has had a complicated history, and you grew up in that, in that country. Could you tell us what your childhood was like in Afghanistan? Thank you for the question, and thank you for this opportunity. Nice to be sitting with all of you today. Uh, when I was growing up uh, in my childhood, uh, Unfortunately, there was always a conflict happening in my country. Uh, I grew up in the city of Kabul, uh, and my memories of my childhood is a beautiful city surrounded by the trees uh, where every season is introduced by a different uh, uh, kind of flower and fruits. Uh, this is how we got a sense of the uh, the year moving forward. Uh, unfortunately, many of my generation has only seen the country in conflict, conflict which has been preventing uh, us from meeting our full potential. Uh, however, as a child, uh, your world is different and still. As I was growing up, I believed uh, that that was the best country in the world. I still do believe and love uh, my country very much. Mm, I thought uh, it was, uh, uh, as, as a child that I was, uh, I was disappointed basically to hear that it wasn't the largest country in the world. <laughs> because this is what my imagination was uh, for it. 
And I was hoping to have uh, an every opportunity uh, growing up as a equal citizen, uh, which as life unfolded came to be not true. And I realized that it was uh, not uh, going the way I had hoped for in my childhood. Uh, I grew up in uh, Afghanistan uh, in the years that the, the conflict slowly moved uh, from outside to the center to the point that um, uh, together with my family when I was a teenager were forced to flee. Uh, our home and uh, our town because we couldn't take it anymore, that it was bombarded by rockets and uh, missiles hitting the ground on daily basis. Um, and um, like most Afghan, we uh, traveled to the neighboring countries, uh, tried to uh, resettle and find a way to survive. Fast forwarding then to today, you mentioned just then that you had dreams of as a as a young girl that the that women would be full participants in the Afghan citizenry, and today that that we're, we're, we're we've Afghanistan and made, has made gains recently, but we're there are peace talks happening right now. How important is it that women are involved in those peace talks? It is certainly incredibly important. So where I left off, I said that was the aspiration for me as a child growing up in Afghanistan. Life proved it wrong. And as I moved on, we went through the phases to the point that women were pushed into the inside the doors uh, where to the extent that they, their presence in public was not tolerated. They had to be escorted by a male uh, escort uh, to the point that that the, uh, <clears throat> their uh, very presence was so intolerable that they had to be covered in burqas, uh, literally having a cage in front of their eyes through which that they could see the world. The, these these burqas actually. Um, even covered their peripheral vision. So uh, they were only able to see through the mesh uh, straight ahead in a blurred way. It is not what happened to the women. This is what happened to our society back then. This is, this is how they strategically pushed the progress, the potential of the society. They put our potential, our aspiration, our hopes and possibilities behind these mesh, uh, mesh of the of the burqas uh, under which that they uh, were putting women. Uh, so um, fast forwarding um, from the area that there was darkness and hopelessness to the 2011, which turned out that due to the very unfortunate incidents that happened in uh, uh, the United States, there was uh, this resolution that allowed uh, for uh, uh, the intervention in Afghanistan. And then that was the moment of peace. That was the moment of peace because that, that intervention 
although it was militaristic, they went with the with the planes and with bombing the insurgents, but that was peace. This is how peace came to Afghanistan, because this is how hope came, because this is how freedom came, this is how potential came. And uh, we have traversed a very steep trajectory of uh, uh, progress, which is unfortunately not something that you hear through the media outlets because it is usually the incidences that are making the news. But the progress that we have had in the past 17 years is tremendous. So for everyone who would listen to this, I I would have two things to say. One is to express our gratitude for your contribution and sacrifices and to assure them that it has not gone vain. Not only that, but it has contributed to tremendous improvement and achievement in the life of the people who are going to never forget that and will continue to remain your loyal partner. We have now an insurgency still actively going on uh, where we have over 20 different groups uh, transnationally involved in the conflict in Afghanistan. And our forces are fighting in the forefront of this um, phenomena, uh, trying to secure our citizens, our nation, but also to uh, prevent their... um, spread in the global uh, or or to the rest of the world. So uh, peace is the necessity. Peace is something we absolutely want. But peace in a, with the definition that the guns are silenced because they were silenced or sort of between 96 to 2002, somewhat in Afghanistan too. But that was not peace. That was... That was that was basically paralyzing society. That was taking uh, the society in this stage of narcosis, basically that that everybody was just walking as a zombie and having living in these ghost places, not having any hopes. Peace means the, the an environment where people can live without fear. That there is rule of law that there is institutions that are functioning, that there is protection for the right of the civilians and their freedom. This, and and more than everything, having the young population that we have, peace means the possibility where they they could continue to have aspirations like I had when I was a child, to live like a f- citizen, like a free uh, human being, like everybody aspires to in the world. What are your hopes and dreams for yourself and your and your family? And with that as a backdrop, are you optimistic for Afghanistan's future as you sit in this room today? I am very optimistic, and I am optimistic because of the changes, particularly those that happened over the past 17 years. I'm optimistic because of the resilience of our people and their resolve for democracy because they have, they have, they are choosing coexistence and harmony and democracy over violence and dictatorship 
they, I am optimistic because we have a human capital today that we never had in the course of history. So there is enough reasons for us to be optimistic. I am optimistic because there is shift in mindsets, even from my own generation as I have been growing up. I see the 20 years olds today, the, the women, the girls, they are not only thinking, I need to struggle uh, to 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 be uh, somewhat uh, financially independent, or to be uh, to be able to have a place in 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 the f- uh, family decision making apparatus and whatnot, but they are thinking how what is what is it that that they enjoy and do in life? They are thinking of sports. They are thinking of music, and we have so many examples of that. The the brilliant examples that never cease to surprise me, but at the same time energize me. Ambassador, you've overcome so many barriers to be where you are. Is there anyone in your life who has consistently been your champion? Thank you for this question. I, I th- I'm a very lucky person. And I tell you uh, uh, why I say this. I mean, there's many, many reasons. But uh, one of the reasons is that, that there, is, there has been so many that inspired me. And I will tell you who these many people are that inspired me. Uh, In particular, two groups. One is the group of people who are listening right now to what I say. This group inspires me because they care about humanity, because they care about what's happening on the other side of the globe, and they can relate to it. And they know that in this world, it has an impact in everybody's life. Absolutely. This is their resolve that inspire me. When I get tired and exhausted, I think about how somebody who has never been to my country thinks of women's rights issues, knows that how important that is. That gives energizes me. That's one group. Another group that have been the champions in my life or the very Afghan women. At any level they have been, their resilience, their fight and struggle is every time that, and it has happened many times, I must admit, that I say, you can't do this, this is impossible. And I just look around and I see a woman carrying a baby, holding two children's hands, having their backpacks in their back, and struggling still with with her own presence and societal challenges and norms and whatnot, going to work and still trying to save some money that after work, she would like to continue her education and do some high, uh, courses here and there, and yet taking care of the family, and yet ch- uh, challenging the norms, and yet smile and be hopeful and teach the lessons of hope for her children. Those mothers who continuously lose and have lost their sons and daughters to this war, whether it is in the United States or Europe or in Afghanistan. That's what inspires me because their courage is something I I don't have. 
I don't really have it, but and and but I totally admire them, and they are my champions. I think you absolutely have that courage, and you sell yourself short. That resilience has also been passed down across four decades. Um, I think that's important for our listeners to remember as well. And that you use the phrase that was almost the exact title of a book the Bush Institute put out a couple of years ago called um, We Are Afghan Women, Voices of Hope. And it's it's stories of the, these women that you're talking about that live in Afghanistan and and are are truly making the best lives they can for, the, for their families. And Farhat, you're from Afghanistan and, and you know better than anybody how inspirational these women are. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think of my mom who was a journalist in Afghanistan and she lost her life, her profession, everything that she had worked so hard for. Um, and she came here to the U.S. and I was very young at the time, but she sacrificed herself in the same way that so many Afghans have over the last uh, 40 years of war for the lives of their children and the futures of of their children. Um, And that's not something that is specific to Afghans here in the U.S. That's specific to Afghans everywhere. One of the things that we love talking about at the Bush Institute also is is education. How important is science, math, and technology to the future of of Afghans' youth, and and particularly with young young girls? I'm glad you asked that question. It's, It's crucial. It's absolutely critical. Uh, Today, everybody, one way or another, are the beneficiaries of the technological advancement. Sometimes even it is used in the ways that we wish it wasn't. (laughs) But in today's world, uh, science, technology, uh, maths, uh, are absolutely uh, crucial to the development of the societies. And youth uh, needs to have those opportunities. Uh, I have seen firsthand when these were taken away from the from the uh, schooling system, from the education system, and what happened. Because uh, youths uh, everywhere have these hungry minds that are ready to absorption. When there is a vacuum, when it is not filled with the with the chances and possibilities and imagination that leads them to the right direction, this is where uh, the the possibility for the extremism and violence grows. We all know that a lot of people who surrender to the extremist and violent ideologies, they are usually uh, hopeless uh, than the rest. They don't find anything better. And then for those who use commercialization of heaven as an instrument of policy, they can take advantage of that. So it. This is why the United States engagement in Afghanistan has been so crucial for the safety and security of the U.S., of the world, of the region, and particularly of Afghanistan also, because the fight is not only in in terms of 
the 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 uh, military operation, which prov- which of course at the first place uh, provided the enabling environment for 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 these possibilities because there it was an active insurgency and it is it still is. Uh, but we are grateful to have this support uh, to to uh, counter that. Uh, but the the possibilities that it provided in terms of education is the key, and and it will remain the key if the there is this vacuum for these values to grow and nurture the. Uh, extremist ideology and the violent uh, mentality will grow. Um, so this, uh, there is nothing more important to that. And we shouldn't, I'm, I'm hoping for a, for a time that there wouldn't be this question for girls because why should we even separate them? They are part of the society. It is just for, for all human beings, whether they are girls or boys, it has been this uh, due to this unfortunate inequality that still we have to fight for this. And the, and the world will be a better place for all of us when we talk without mentioning that, that it is for girls or boys because it should be given that the girls should have equal opportunities in all of these as the boys do. Absolutely. So we're running a little out of time, but we really appreciate you speaking so passionately about this topic. And Mrs. Bush has long been a supporter of, of Afghan women. And as an, as an institute, we're, we're so honored to have you here today. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to help us spread the word about The Strategist, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening apps. If you're tuning in on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find episode notes with helpful information and details you may have missed. The Strategist was produced by Ioana Pappas at the George W. Bush Institute in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.